Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Lifers podcast. My name is Scrooge. <laughs> this is Carl Kringle. I'm Dickens. I'll write your story. Yeah, Carl's just dying at the moment. That's um, right. But he'll be right. Uh, so yeah, um, today... We are covering Powerman and Ifus 11, and by we, I mean Carl and Rebecca. But before I leave, because I know I'm everyone's favourite, and by that I mean everyone I ask says Carl's their favourite, I will read out <laughs> I will read out this email that we got from Sav Buck. Hey guys, I just recently found your podcast and I am delighted. I have I have been an Ifist fan for nearly as long as you have been. I'm assuming Carl because he's like 80 years old. But when I did become a fan, I was shocked at how few Iron Fist fans there actually are. Especially after reading the Immortal Iron Fist and how freaking amazing that is. I was in your shoes. I was in your shoes once, my friend. I was like, how are there not more people aware of this Iron Fist dude? It's awesome. Anyway, as I was saying, I'm so glad to have found your podcast because I never have anyone to talk about Iron Fist. Please keep up the awesome podcasting, Savannah. P.S. Are you guys going to cover the 70s Powerman and Ifus series after you finish covering the original Ifus run? Uh, short answer is yes. Long answer is we're covering so much all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll be covering all sorts of stuff, I think. But it, yeah, there's everything Ifus related. We're going to get to at some point. And as I said, people do requests. So I'm still going to fill that uh, Orson Randall request. That'll be my next bonus episode. Yep. If no one else can join me, I'll do about Orson Randall and his stories. So, yeah, um, thank you for sending the email, Savannah. Uh, Carl, you have anything to... Appreciate the email. Um, yeah, I guess. And so. I agree with you 100%, um, especially when The Immortal came out. Where I'm just like, I worked at a comic book store at the time, and, I, at the time, and I'm just like, how are you not reading this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and was... most of the people were just like, uh, martial arts, don't care. <laughs> you know, he's not from another planet, he didn't get a ring, doesn't interest me, Bleh. No boobs, don't care. Is, uh, I mean, Immortal Iron Fist only lost to, uh, All-Star Superman for an Eisner. I mean, that's pretty impressive right there. That nearly won, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess the Immortal Iron Fist did get a lot of fans in, though. Uh, me included, actually, so. Now, were you reading Iron Fist, Connor, before Immortal, or no? No, I started reading Iron Fist with, like, I read Iron Fist in the past, as in, he's always popped up. Mm-hmm. But I read Immortal Iron Fist, and then I went back and read the 70s series, and actually enjoyed the original series more than Immortal Iron Fist. And just read everything else after that, really. So I'm one of the new, modern, disgusting Iron Fist fans that came in too late. I wasn't there in the 70s, okay? <laughs> it's terrible. How dare you? Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Yeah, I was, 
I wasn't there till the eighties. Yeah, I don't think. I think maybe. Yeah, I, I probably read my first Iron Fist comic in the seventies, um, but I don't think I would have been old enough or really seeking them out enough to say eighties for me as well. Probably. My my actual first um, remembrance of even seeing Iron Fist was actually, I think, in issue two of the original Contest of Champions. Oh, cool. Oh, that was... I really liked that series. I can't remember (coughs) who I just go up against in that. I'm pretty sure he went up against the Invisible Woman. And she put Uh, the bubble bubble around his head so he couldn't breathe. See what that—that's pretty unlucky. You get Sue Richards as your first opponent, you're screwed. I mean, what are you going to do? She'll just put a bubble over your head. That's just—I feel bad for her. This. I just remember uh, Deadpool because I read that because I was a huge Deadpool fan. Deadpool. You're talking about the wrong contest of champions. No, I'm pretty sure I'm talking about the right one. No, you're not. I, I wrote it because I, rem- I vividly remember Iron Fist fighting um, Sue Richards. He's what fought year her was? since. He's definitely fought her since. Um, and she giggled about him, um, like, tickling. His, his Iron Fist actually tickling her when she had a bubble on. Wow. But that wasn't in Contest of Champions because that was in some other random comic that's in my list of random Iron Fist comics. And he's also so, in an issue of Fantastic Four training her. Mm-hmm. Well, Carl, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it. It's hard nowadays because of the game contest of champion. It. Yeah, I am trying to prove it, and all I'm getting is a stupid game. Free yeah, to play I'm talking about fight. the contest of champion that came out in like 1983. Okay. It was three issues. I think I read one of those six issues, but I'm pretty sure Iron Fist went up against Sue Storm and that as well. Hang on. Maybe this will... Oh, my God. Look up Iron Fist Contest of Champions. I still just get the game. Okay. Iron Fist <laughs> versus Sue Storm. It's probably listed under Invisible Woman. Okay. Oh I have to go to a place called... I have to go to a place called UncannyXMen.net to get an actual... Uh, here we go. Damn it, I hate it when Carl's right. <laughs> Alright, well, I've read this one, and I must have read the other one as well. They probably just melded together for me. On that note, I'm going to leave and pout for like three hours. <laughs> Uh, Alas, people, I am going to leave right now because uh, I have to eat so bad. So Carl and Rebecca are going to cover the rest of Paramount Office 11, and I'll just say what I thought about it. It was good. I liked it. I liked Don Trail Cockroach Hamilton, and I liked the banter. Lots of banter in this one. Lots of good banter. Anyway, I'll see you all later. And I've actually got, all right. I've actually got it in front of me now, Carl. Cool. Ooh. And, um, yeah, guys, just send it to me after, and I'll take care of all the uploading and editing and stuff. Just try not to swear too much.
All right. Screw you. I was uh, just at work. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. See you next. All right. Bye. All right, Power Man and Iron Fist number 11. Again, Walker and Green. Our cover has a hooded individual walking past a bus station or bus stop. And there's a poster of Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, Danny pointing at the screen or pointing at the person reading the poster. Uh, Luke with arms crossed across his chest saying, we are here for you, heroes for hire, and some baddie, probably the person in the hoodie, has spray-painted a giant X across the poster. Yeah, you can't trust hoodies. (laughs) All right, page one, we're presented with yet another Dontrell flashback, which is Lonnie with his... Giant high top fade. <laughs> and it says a therapist in prison once told me, Dontrell, you spend too much time reminating. <laughs> <laughs> which leads to regret, which leads to resentment. She said I had too much resentment for my old crew, the Fang Gang. Resentment that Lonnie went on to greatness without me. Resentment that Raymond and Cornell never included me in their hustles. They just looked down on me. Like Don Trell was a sucker. Therapist never said nothing about resentment for Mortimer. But that don't surprise me. You can't resent someone that looks like a fish because, well, they look like a fish. Never talked to the therapist about Mariah. Nothing to tell. No cause for resentment. In fact, I don't think the therapist knew anything. I don't resent nobody. Sure, all done me wrong. Even my homeboy Cletus, the legendary disco devil, went straight because he couldn't handle a life. I don't resent none of them, because I know with one simple truth to this game, ain't no honor among thieves. And we see a bunch of pictures of them all back in the day. And then we go to the Harriet Tubman Memorial in Harlem, New York, and Danny is sitting down, why he's a redhead now, I don't know, is sitting down with Carlos Charles Cardona the Gamecock and having a deep conversation with him. Anything, Rebecca? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's the 15. You're not even going to comment on the red hair? I don't think it is red. It's red in my copy. To me, it's like veering between blonde and red, and it's still on the blonde side. So I, I think this is just just one of those things. But it, it didn't actually stand out to me when I was reading it. So um, I don't mind. If, I've already teased a friend about them making him a redhead. In the uh, show, which obviously they're not, but um, when when he had because his beard's slightly reddish, as many yeah. people's are, um, and she was very upset that Daredevil wasn't a redhead. So I was like, ah, oh, giving it to Danny, he's going to be the redhead. Um, but now now he's Apparently not. People with red beards, by the mean, by the way, mean that someone in your ancestry was an actual full blown redhead. Yeah, that completely makes sense. And my dad had quite a reddish beard, so that's how I know it's not that unusual. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, so I was, I've been already teasing her about how they're going to make Danny a redhead and Danny this, and he'll have all these things that everyone they, they've not had yet in the Marvel universe, and, and then they made Danny, then Danny sort of turned out to be blonde, and it's like, damn, the joke is gone. But no, I well, don't he's, mind. 
the actor's not actually a blonde, though. Those are just, like, highlighted tips. Yeah, yeah. He's not blonde blonde, but he's not... It's not... He's, yeah, he's kind of got mousy brown. It's the same thing they pulled with Captain America. We'll yeah. just give him a little bit of blonde highlights. Well, sometimes making someone's hair blonde does look a bit lame. Mm-hmm. It can look really well, fake, you, and I'd rather it... I mean, because apparently they tried dyeing Charlie Cox's hair red, or, like, giving him a ginger hair. Mm-hmm. And it apparently looked terrible. So, um... Oh, my God, go away. Yes, so... Danny's talking to this guy, and you're right, they're talking geeky. But Danny's lovely, and he's like, you're not alone, me and Luke, we're working to help everyone caught up in this whatever it is. Now, what we do find out here is that uh, Carlos kind of screwed himself here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, from the get-go, when you we were introduced to him, we are told that you know he's gone straight for years. But here we find out that he kind of went his own route. He faked his death, purchased a second identity, and has been living under this second identity for like 20-something years. And this is how now he's had his daughter and everything. But as far as the legal system looks at it, he's still an outlaw on the run. Mm Mm-hmm. So he, he never got to finish did, his time and stuff like that. Yeah, he kind of did this to himself. I mean, it's great that he's been on the straight forever, but it's not looking good. And here in the final panel, as Danny walks away, he's making a phone call saying, I used to go by Gamecock and I heard you're looking for help. Which earlier when Connor and I were trying to record and failed miserably again because of our bad recorders. Uh, we both agreed that if someone ever called us and said, you know, I used to go by Game Clock, Game Clock would be a click and a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd laugh. Um, <laughs> I used to go by the name The Quivering Sphincter. Well, I'm, I'm, guessing he's, I'm guessing he's on the phone to someone who knows that means something to, not a random stranger. Hi, my name's me, Gamecock. And uh, now we're uh, shot over to the apartment of Cletus Evans, a.k.a. the Disco Devil, which also Connor and I researched, and to our disappointment, uh, Cletus is an original creation by mm-hmm. David Walker. Yeah. We were hoping we could find some, you know, early appearances. That would have been, no, I, I didn't recognize him at all, so I figured it must be uh, a new, but the kind of thing that you imagine a 70s villain could be called. Oh, yeah, to, to a T. It's, like, perfect. I mean, he's got, he's got pretty much, like, a skateboard helmet that's made to look like a disco ball with devil horns on it, and he's got this very interesting gray and purple outfit with, like, a... Evil Knievel style stuntman half cape and stars over his nipples. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And a giant huge belt buckle that has DD on it. No, not Daredevil. (laughs) (laughs) And so Cletus is freaking out in his appointment. 
and he's like, you can't be too careful. I've seen what these people can do. We're talking some brother voodoo level mumbo jumbo. And Luke's not having it as he looks around Cletus's disheveled apartment with an open pizza box. And uh, he's like, you know, we sent you to go do something and we haven't heard word one from you. And Cletus is like, I wasn't missing, I've been hiding. And he talks about uh, how they went to go look into the place that they were sent to go look into. And next thing you know, a childish Gambino looking freak is doing some zip zap boom bap on even white dudes. Probably sent them to hell. And that ain't happening to him. I like how he says he's not disco devil anymore, and yet he's wearing a full costume. Well, that's... Luke immediately brings that up. And it's... The conversation is pretty priceless. (laughs) He's the best. Luke, uh, yeah. Luke doesn't have much time for nonsense. Yeah, he's like, you still got all your disco devil gear. Nostalgia, man, I'm telling you. You don't still got your tiara. Ain't no tiara. It was a metal headband. Well, you still got it. You know why? Nostalgia. Same reason I got all my Fat Boy albums on vinyl and I ain't got a turntable. Which, I'm guilty of that. I still have an entire box of albums and don't have a record player. So Luke is not having any of Cletus's fiddle battle. And uh, they decide to hit the road to go look for some clues. I like and, uh, 15 seconds later. 15 seconds <laughs> later. He's on the phone with Danny. And uh, Danny's reassuring Luke that, you know, he thinks Carlos is going to be okay. Wrong, Danny, wrong. And, uh, he's a good guy and uh, Luke tells them where they're going and what they're going to do and Luke and a wonderful your favorite angle Rebecca it's awful I, I, was, I was actually going to comment that like this proves that he shouldn't do it for men either <laughs> like, I love Sanford Green but no stop doing and this is only partially that angle and it's still bad hey at least Disco Devil is apparently wearing a dance belt <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or this could be a really bad angle. Uh-huh. You can see the, you know. Yeah, I, the, I know. The plums and the berries. That's, it's okay. <laughs> it's the wedding en- tackle. It's bad enough he has breasts. <laughs> they're moves. They're yeah, moves. They, Man, they're definite moves. And so Danny's like, I'm going to go... Uh, back to the headquarters and see if Gadget got any more information on the software and he, that he hates to leave Carlos, but he's a good man. He'll figure it out. And unfortunately, Carlos is still on the phone saying, I appreciate the opportunity. I'll be right over, which is not looking good. And now we go to the back room of the Pody Tang Lounge. And I have to ask you, Rebecca, have you seen the wonderful slice of film called Pootie Tang? I have, yeah. All right, Connor um, has not. Yeah, Connor, I, it was referenced by some 
British comedians a lot. Um, really? Yeah, probably like a few years after it was done. So it beca- I think quite a lot of Brits will have seen it. Like, it's one of those weird things that, like, you know, it, it sort of came into British culture a little bit more than you'd expect. Wow. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah. So. The movie is horrible. Oh, yeah. But it's, uh, like, cult classic horrible. Mm-hmm. And here we have... I gotta be completely honest with you here. I don't know why she's even in this book. I'm not entirely sure, except that she's... I mean, because all the crime stuff that I've seen her doing recently has been sort of slightly higher level than than this. This is like grade school robbery crap where, in a nutshell, they want to take over Lonnie's territory. So what they're planning on doing is hitting one of his <coughs> cash cars. And, uh, of course, Lonnie runs, you know, like check cashing businesses where you technically don't have a bank account because of a slew of different reasons. So you go to these check cashing places that will cash your paycheck and take a percentage. They're quite good for money laundering as well. Yes. And uh, they're planning on hitting one of his cash armored cars on a Friday because Friday's payday. And this is how they think they're going to hurt him. And Cottonmouth, well, one, we find out here that uh, Raymond, a.k.a. Piranha, is a complete moron. Yeah. And Cottonmouth can pretty much see this is the stupidest plan on the planet and not going to have any part of it (laughs) to the point where he even mouths off to Black Cat and she loses her cool completely. (laughs) He also references saving uh, Raymond from Punisher and Moon Knight, which is quite funny. (laughs) Which is awesome. So I guess David uh, Walker is, we're going to completely ignore uh, Cottonmouth's involvement in the Serpent Society and the augmentation surgeries he had and the adamantium teeth and all that crap. I think so. I think we're going back to the, the Lonnie before that. Or just street-level yeah. thug with uh, pointy before teeth. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like it. it doesn't, he doesn't seem to have any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And yeah, she she doesn't like being called abroad very much, black uh, cat. Never mind big booty broad, but she doesn't like she she got angry at broad last week, last two, yep. the last issue. And now we go back to the Heroes for Hire headquarters, where I like the way the colours done on this page. I like the orange, green, purple colour in horizontal <laughs> lines across the page. Nice. But yes, yeah, so it's an interesting is page the way it's set up. Yeah. And the funniest part is, let's be honest, Gadget doesn't give him any really new information here. No, no. So, so this is almost just filler. Yeah. If you've read the older I issues, mean, this whole yeah, string so- of 
panels is pointless. So what Carl's talking about is like the top line is Danny. If you think of three horizontal lines across two pages, the middle line is uh, what's happening Carlos. with our Carlos and the hooded man, and then it's Luke at the bottom. So the Danny one, even like, he's even even gadget even says, "I keep telling Mister Cage this," and then goes through all this sort of gadgetry. Danny says, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And you know, if we were going comic continuity, Danny's actually pretty good with computers. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but. You know, he's got other things on his mind. So they just, you're right, that's kind of filler. Now, the second one with Carlos Gamecock is very important because our hooded character. Uh, now, can can you fill us in? Because I didn't read one at Runaways. What is this guy's thing? Well, other I'll... than apparently has died. He yes he. <laughs> I feel really bad talking about it because it's spoiling Runaways so badly. But the basic setup of Runaways is they're all teen children of baddies. They don't know that their parents are bad. In fact, some of them think their parents are super, like sort of minor superheroes. Mm-hmm. And they're all chucked in this room together while their parents have some meeting, which is this awful kind of, you know, let's how many people have we killed and this kind of stuff. And they find this secret room and they spy on them. So they decide they can't deal with this, they don't know what to do, they can't stand up to their parents, so they run away. So there's this group of kids that are united by finding out their whole world is shattered. And they find out at some point that one of them may be a mole. And um, Alex dies as part of, like, not, like, part of the first, the, the Brian K. Vaughan bit, that right, right of it. Um, so... Yeah, that's the last anyone's seen of him. And sort of him dying in this fight and, and turning out to possibly not be a very good person. Oh, um, what was his power in Runaway? Oh, none of them particularly have powers. Or, well, oh. they do. You've got uh, Nico's, like, kind of... They're all kind of coming into their powers. Mm-hmm. So some of them don't really have powers at the beginning. Um, like okay. there's there's a there's a little girl who can talk to this dinosaur. Is she a dinosaur? I think she's a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, old lace. Um, and so she's got her, but she's also really really strong. So she's you've got this kind of tiny little girl who's prone to temper tantrums and has, is really really powerful. Um, Isn't she as strong as the Hulk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Um, and Nika Minoru can do magic. She's got she can only do it twice a day, three times a day, whatever. She, but whatever word she does sort of happens. But she can only do that word once. So if she says fly and they can all fly, she can never do that again. So she's perpetually looking for new ways of saying the same thing. Okay, so like she carries a thesaurus. <laughs> it's more or less. But they've all got these cool little... And then one of them doesn't think he's got any powers. And they they sort of come into them quite late, but I don't know if I don't know what Alex has. So like, obviously here he's shown that he can teleport. Let's see what it says here. Uh, natural leadership skills, gifted intellect, keen logic. Um, right. So nothing. <laughs> yeah, and there's a few of them that aren't particularly like uh, super powery. And then there's one of the. I mean, I'm not going to go into the runaway. It's it's really really good, and I. 
totally suggest everyone reads it, especially the Brian K. Bourne stuff. Um, you heard it there, folks. Yeah, and uh, get the trades. Get the trades. They're not expensive. They're always they're on sale at the moment through Comicsology. Um, but um, honestly, if even if the con, I mean, it's it's kind of it's a slightly different thing from Marvel, mm. and they're all pretty likable. So even Alan. All right. So in this little strip with Carlos, uh, we find out that. Um, our hooded figure actually apologizes, saying that, you know, he's actually inadvertently responsible for what's happening between him and his daughter. And uh, he's going to explain. And then we jump down to the strip of Luke and Disco Devil Evans returning to the bail bonds where Disco saw, you know, the childish Gambino teleport the white guys to hell. And uh, Luke's in there looking for clues. And next panel again, we have the three strips once again. Top one again still being Luke with Gadget. And um, they come to the conclusion that the... Uh, Oh, what were they calling themselves? I they can't remember. A, the, 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 whatever their silly name was. Yeah, whatever the group of people who were that were snagging people off the streets didn't create this software. They were testing it for someone. And as they're looking at this information, because Gadget has cloned the software onto his computer, uh, Carlos Gamecock pops up on the screen. And then we go back to the Carlos strip and, uh, all right, what's his name from Runaways again? Uh, Alex Wilder is saying the criminal record of Carlos Cabrera has now been erased. No outstanding warrants. You can even go back to using your real name. Uh, and he said, uh, is that all? Or just like that? And uh, Alex says, and an apology for all the trouble I caused you and your daughter. So Carla says, what do I owe you? Alex says, don't owe you anything, but I could totally use someone like you. My operation's growing. I need people with skills and discipline to appreciate the benefits of working for me. This already sounds bad. Uh, Carla says, <laughs> okay, I can get down with this program. You got a name for this crew? And Alex, who you finally see the face of in this comic, was just on the last issue, says, the new pride. That's totally badass, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> and Pride as a group of lions, if you're... Well, there was also the Pride group of superheroes, which was the black superheroes. Oh, was there? Yeah, it was like Luke and Misty and Black Panther and Sam. They just referenced them in um, uh, Black Panther. They just all got together again, and it was like the new meeting of the Pride. So, like, all this new Pride going on. Um, uh, and I think somebody asked Tanessi Coates if he'd write a, a Pride comic, and he was like, yeah, like a shot. So it does exist, but the new Pride is kind of cute for Alex, bless him. He's obviously thought long and hard about it. <laughs> and the, the purple strip, which has got Luke and Disco Devil, is they are being watched the ex-cop who was part of the crew that was snagging criminals uh, was uh, watching them and he's like it's about damn time someone finally showed up 
And uh, as they're looking for clues, we see the cop putting on the blast hand gloves and busting in on them. And then we have our only fight in the entire comic where he's firing off shots at Luke and Disco Devil with his blast hands. And Luke, of course, just bull charges him, takes a blast full in the chest. Disco Devil is like, oh, snap. He suits up. Suits up, throwing a helmet on. He's got protective goggles. And as Blast Hand Cops is going for Luke once again, Disco Devil apparently can fire a charge from his helmet, fries the guy's brain. Fries him so hard, he makes him look like a completely different person. (laughs) And knocks him out. (laughs) Luke says very dryly, in case you're wondering, this is what we call a clue. (laughs) And then we go back to Cottonmouth later. And now Cottonmouth is meeting with the new pride. Basically explaining Black Cat's dumb plan and how (laughs) it's dumb. He thinks it's dumb because it is dumb and how it's not really going to work. And the real power move is just to kill his albino ass. And this is where he steps up and that's what I'll do for you. Mm Mm-hmm. This apparently impresses Alex, who now looks literally 11 years old for the first time in any of these panels. Yeah. Wow, you're willing to kill Tombstone. That's totally awesome. (laughs) But here's the thing. Killing your enemies is old school. Dropping bodies is just an invitation for trouble. Dead bodies and unpaid taxes are the two best ways to end up in prison. I have to wonder if that's a little poke in Hollywood of famous black actors who usually wind up doing time because of unpaid taxes. And trust me when I say I know from experience, because he's died, there are fates totally worse than death. Explain yourself, young blood. Cornell is listening. Don't ever try that good cop, bad cop crap with me. This is now... One of my favorite parts of the book. We're back to the loan shark place. The ex-cop is tied to a chair and Power Man and Iron Fist, Iron Fist in full costume, are working them over trying to get information from their clue. (laughs) Because I don't intimidate. I used to be a cop. I know how this stuff works. Besides, I got rights. And Danny's like, I don't even know where to start with you, Hank. But I'll start with this. There's no good cop, bad cop here. So get that concept out of your mind. And as far as you having rights, Luke, you tell him. This basement is part of the sovereign nation of foot to ass, where you have no rights. You guys ain't going to get anything. Are you guys ain't going to do anything to me, you're Avengers. And Danny goes, you're right, Hank. We won't do anything to you, but I can't speak for my friends. 
And in walk six of the people. Let's see, does it say six? It doesn't say six, but there are. One, two, yeah, there are six. You can't, no, seven. On, yeah. It looks like there's seven in the next panel. Because, uh. Yeah. Somebody's over his right shoulder in the right hand side there. I'm pretty sure you know everyone. So we'll just skip the introductions. Now tell me everything about you and your friends or me and Luke. We'll leave you alone with these guys. And everyone standing there was one of the people they snagged off the road and threw in the prison using the software on the tablet. And he says and, uh, doing the right thing. I can't remember the kid's name, the one who was completely innocent, who was just walking down no, the street. No, I can't remember his name either, but he was... And he's yeah. like, why did you ruin my life? And he's still in the chair, tied up. When I thought we were doing the right thing, if I had known that we were really doing, we wouldn't have been... And who we were really working for, oh God, I'm so sorry. And now Luke and Danny are saying, sorry isn't enough, tell us everything. And we can start cleaning up the mess you made. And now we're back at Tombstone's place, where currently being re re uh, renovated. Hello, words. Let's work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it's six in the morning, mouth. And he's having a chat with Mr. Fish. Mr. Fish, who oh. is now even more fish-like. I want to see some history on that. What, yeah. what happened? What surgeries took place to completely fish him? And he's like, "What? You better be some. This better be some kind of joke. Who has the guts to rip me off?" And <clears throat> they always see Piranha smiling ear to ear with a gun, with a purse. Because when you're robbing places, you want to have your best purse. Uh huh. And uh, Fish is yelling into Lonnie's face. And Tombstone looks nothing like Tombstone in this page at all. Next page a little, but not this page. He's like, you've been slipping. Mariah made you look like a fool. People questioning if you've got what it takes to run the race. He's like, check yourself more. I dealt with that fact. Cal Mariah. No, Power Man and Iron Fist dealt with her. You look like a soft-ass punk that got took by my Black Mariah. Say that crap over and over again to realize what it means. And he's like, don't you ever. And then our favorite toddler shows up. Two of you done, because this is totally boring. Who the hell are you? And how did you get in here? <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. The name's Wilder, Alex Wilder. You guys knew my dad back in the day. He ran Los Angeles. I'm getting the family business up and running again, starting with Harlem. Totally don't need you for that, Mr. Fish, so it's time for you to take a little trip. Hi. Yeah, zaps him. And somehow, I don't know if he teleports him, destroys him. We'll have to wait and see because we still don't understand what powers are going on with Mr. Wilder. 
So Tombstone charges Mr. Wilder, and again, we all, at least hopefully we all know, Tombstone is a lot stronger than a normal human, having gone toe-to-toe with Spider-Man on many occasions. And he also has rock-hard skin. Again, I don't know how he acquired these powers, but he's going, well, not even going. He's not going toe-to-toe to Wilder. Wilder's kicking his butt. Yeah. It looks like he's moving pretty fast, though. Yep. Because <clears throat> I have skills. There apparently be some type of power or electricity coming off of Wilder as he comes in contact with Tombstone with his bunches. He's, like, impressed because I haven't even seen anything yet. Don't worry about whoever ripped your armored car, Lonnie. I'll take care of them. Besides, it's all mine now. Everything you have. This is a hostile takeover. These are the four options. First, you give it all up peacefully. Peacefully. Secondly, I kill you. Which I don't like, don't like doing. Third, I make sure you spend the rest of your life in prison. Seriously, I can do that with a push of a button. Or I can do to you what I just did to Fish Face. I sent him to hell. Like, the real hell. I can totally do that. Understand? And now he's at Lonnie's desk with his feet up on his desk, relaxing in the chair. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. To be continued. Yep. Pretty good issue. Definitely answers a lot of questions, sets this up even further. Um, I don't know what his plans are going to be for Piranha and Black Cat. Obviously, there's going to be more to them. Where did Mr. Fish go? Yeah, how they gonna? Is he gonna come back? Will more people be down there? <coughs> yeah, where is this hell that he is sending people? Yeah. Um, will any, any of these questions be answered? <laughs> I think they will in the arc. I think it's just, uh, I think he's pacing them out for us. Mr. Walker. And why did last issue say number one of Harlem is burning, but this issue say nothing of number two of Harlem is burning? That nothing. aggravates I think it's uh, Marvel's new thing of trying to um, highlight when they've got jump on issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, especially with things like, the, you know, the, the the issues that seem to be doing well and not being cancelled is that they're still saying they'll shove a big number one on it and hope that that means people pick it up. Because, you know, maybe it does. Yeah, again, uh, even though we're enjoying the book, the sales numbers are not really staggering, unfortunately. I don't think the book is going to go anywhere because of the introduction of Iron Fist in March on Netflix. <coughs> but the uh, sales numbers are spectacular. No, luckily it's quite highly rated, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's weird to think of there being three Iron Fist comics out next year at the same yes. time. I mean, it's great. Obviously, it's great. But, 
It will be interesting. Yeah. Well, I honestly don't expect Car Andrews' book to be an ongoing series. I think it's going to be another like maxi series. No, I absolutely agree. I can't imagine him signing up for more than a mini or maxi series. Because I don't, he, he's never done a series. Everything he's done has been a mini. I think a lot of that's because he draws it himself. Um, <coughs> it's a hell of a lot of work, but he's not drawing this one himself, so we'll see. Nope. But anyway, I think Marvel haven't got that many that go past twelve issues now. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, this is one. Um, they, they've definitely got like a, 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 quite a few, but not like it used to be. There's a hell of a lot of ones that are just six issues or twelve issues. Yeah. Black Black Widow's finishing in March. I think all the Captain Americas, you didn't hear this from me, but all the Captain Americas, their issue 15 sounds, not final, but it sounds like we're going to have the big Steve Rogers event next year. Um, So they'll sort of, there'll be some movement there. I don't know, I mean, like, I I know for sort of solicits coming up, we've got to deal with what's going on in Jessica Jones in Power Man and Iron Fist. So, I I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the sales figures are for this. I, I know it's one of the ones people consistently mention as one of their favourites of Marvel's current output. Mm-hmm. But um, nothing's selling that well these days unless it has a million variants. Right, which is what they're trying. There's almost three covers for every issue. Yeah. Still the sales aren't... No, but they're only really doing that for comics they've even got some hope for. I mean, things like Thunderbolts is not getting variants and... Um, so we'll see. But I mean, I still think issue. we'll get. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the last one. But the last really? one. Really? I yeah. like this one better. I think it's possibly I've got the Alex Wilder history, so I like seeing the Alex Wilder reveal last time. I like going <laughs> back and having the whole history of the Fang Gang, and then moving up to that. Like this seemed more of an intermediary one. Like you definitely know it's going somewhere, but you kind of want to get to where it's going. So. Mm-hmm. But I, I certainly liked I like the art apart from that page that you picked out. Thought Danny looked particularly, <laughs> particularly Your nice. Your favourite angle. Particularly nice in at least one panel for Danny. Even if he had brown eyes and ginger hair. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I'm so done like worrying about details. Um it's not true. I worry a lot about them. But I'm also very happy because for the first time ever, I think my husband last night said, I said Iron Fist and he said Danny Rand. So he's finally wow. learning. I know. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big thing. The name I always denied naming my son. <laughs> All because of her stepbrother. Damn it. It happens. It happens. Yes, when uh, I was told I could name my son and I said Daniel Rand Stout and... It was poo-pooed on because her stepbrother, who is constantly in trouble's name is Daniel. See, so what can you do? You can forever hold it against him. Not him, her. Uh, well, both of <laughs> them. It's not his fault. His fault it's her fault. It's not her, well, both yeah. their faults. Yes, let's spread the blame. He lives no, in it was kind of weird, though, that I was thinking today, like, we haven't seen Jessica in this comic for a while with no explanation. Like, she was in she was in the beginning ones, pretty much every issue, even if only on the phone. I thought, and, wasn't, 
The last no, she one wasn't was in the last one. The last yeah. one had a, a Misty Knight and Colleen. Or yeah, I'm not shot. sure she's been in it since Danny went to jail. With Daredevil looking at his phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I fixated on that. <laughs> like, why is he looking at his phone? I don't That's awesome. That. Like, That's you awesome. could have picked any character and you picked Daredevil. It's just beautiful. Alright, so next issue we're going to cover is going to be the Sweet Christmas Annual. Hooray! So, thank you for joining us, and talk to you soon. Yep, and have a sweet Christmas. Adios. Iron Fist and all the characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney, and any music or images we use belong to their respective copyright holders, and we do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com, just send us mail, comments, thoughts, send us anything you want really, even if it's not about Iron Fist, um, and if you don't want to read it on the air, just mention that. Um, you can also reach us at Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon, our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast, our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash sons of the dragon with hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl, just search Iron Fist Podcast on YouTube and you'll find us real quick. And then there's our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Emerald Iron Fist Podcast.wordpress.com. We are also on iTunes. Feel free to rate us there. If you rate us less than five stars, well, just tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try and improve that. And last but not least, we are on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And thanks to Thomas Tissot for the theme song at the start. And thanks. <laughs>